So uh, we are we live in the age of Trump. This is a, a great time in many ways. I think we're we're one of the few, but uh, you know, pretty much vocal and uh, distinct people there that understand that Trump and his presidency is a good thing for America. We we understand that you know this this concern of the Democrats and even some Republicans that he's not. Uh, you know, eating from a silver spoon and uh, have, has all the proper manners that we would like. Well, that's and, and that's very disconcerting for them. We don't give a crap about that because, frankly, we don't think that that means anything. Actually, we like his manners. I mean, well, I we, do. We, we like the fact that he calls it like it is. He's he's got a, a little bit of, a, you know, a Teddy Roosevelt in him, but only the good Teddy Roosevelt when he was uh, tough, you know, in the old days. But but the, he's even better than that because he's got he's got the conservative thing and he understands. Uh, the way markets work, he understands supply and demand, and he understands hard work, and he understands the need to have uh, good borders with the country, and and understands cultural values. So, and the, and the importance of, of course, of God. I mean that these these things are all coming to the fore, and it's, you know, for for people saying, how could you like him? I, what's not to like? <laughs> That's my point. And and these things where you, you you get so outraged, just apoplectic, that he he says uh, you know a comment, uh, what is it that both sides have good people you know during the um, uh, Virginia riots, Charlottesville the, protests. Yeah. In other words, yeah, there are good people on both sides of a protest. Yeah. Can we just get the other way that yeah. there might be some good people on both sides? Exactly. Maybe. So so they wanted to interpret it the way they want to, but but you know for them because they, they have nothing else, they have got to grab onto what they can. Look, I see this in court all the time, by the way. When, um, <clears throat> when you, you, you've got a rock-solid motion and you know you're going to win, you can guarantee yourself that the other side is going to bring up something so far out of left field <laughs> that, you know, well, Mr. Lurie's uh, reference to the page is not cry- – that's not what the case says. You know, like it was page 67 that I referenced as opposed to page 68, and that's where the reference is. Okay, well, no big deal. Well, that's very important, Your Honor. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> and we still win the motion. So anyway, that you get the idea. It's, it's the, the, the way that people pick on the smallest little things. Um, for example, when, when Trump tweeted about him being wiretapped by the Obama administration from the very beginning, remember? Oh, yeah. uh, he's losing it. He's crazy. Look at this guy. He right. Just, they don't tap wires anymore. It's electronic surveillance over <laughs> TCPIP and Wi-Fi. It's not wires. They, they don't use copper anymore. Well, there you go. That's page right. 67. That's exactly what they said. It's on page 68, right? Yeah. So, uh, but, but, you know. <laughs> As but, if wiretapping colloquial. That was after yeah. the fact, though. Right. But, but before they understood what he was saying. Yes. They, they thought that he was crazy, that he just, you know, he's imagining these things. Oh, we got a paranoid president here that is, you know, what other conspiracies do you believe? He, Maybe the we didn't land on the moon, sir. Maybe we didn't, you know. Maybe the Rothschilds are taking over the country, sir. Maybe the 9/11 was an inside job, sir. You know, right? I mean, that's what they were yeah. hoping for, and they they were claiming was was actually happening. Nothing of the sort, of course, was happening. It turns out that he was right. I love to go back to all those Facebook Facebook postings where everyone said, "Look how crazy he is in the head. He's imagining these horrible things," like. Crickets now, <laughs> they understand that he's right. And in fact, it, it begs the question was there a tweet that he had ever said where it turned out that he was wrong? I, I, the only, there's only one. You can tell he was tweeting late at night and he was either falling asleep or he tweeted a part of it. You know how you'll sometimes doze as you're working so hard? Right. Either he was dozing when the tweet was 
tweeted, you know, as he was like last things before falling asleep, or it's one of those times which can happen on a cell phone. What's the tweet? Glitch. What's the tweet you're talking? I'm going to get to it in a second. Or it's one of those things that you're typing on a cell phone and you accidentally hit tweet rather than cancel when you're deleting it. It's the famous confief tweet. Yes. But it was clearly right because it's media confief. Yeah. Right. Any idiot. With above 62 IQ, meaning Down syndrome and above intelligence, knew he was writing the words media coverage. Right. And some glitch on the phone happened or he happened to fall asleep and accidentally tweeted it. Yeah. Right. One of those things. One right. of the two possible. Right. I will assume the glitch on the phone because the man is very focused. Right. And for the next, up to now, today, you'll still see confief tweets making fun of uh, tr- Trump's typo tr- trended on Twitter for you know what? You know, and, 10 and I, days. And I say bring it on. Oh, keep, yeah. Keep it going because you look silly. Uh, you, it looks just as ridiculous uh, as all the demonstrations that you have and all the graffiti that you do and all the, the, the windows that you break. The, these things are not bringing more people to your side. No, it only the Democratic reveals side. how they have it nothing. It only reveals how they have nothing. And if you think for a moment that people are being swayed by this, you've got another thing coming. Okay? The, the thing that makes people vote for a, a Republican or a Democrat is at the bottom line is whether or not they feel like they've got a leader at the helm and whether or not things work. That's it. Or the perception, are these policies working for me? Yeah, and can, that's what I'm saying. And, and is the leader able to demonstrate That's exactly what that? I'm saying, Ari. I, I, yeah. I, I but, think that's... But, right. So, so Pelosi calling the tax cuts crumbs when, whoopsie, my paycheck is increasing significantly yeah. every week. I, I don't <laughs> mind these crumbs. Thank right, you very much. Right. Well, keep, keep, keep the crumbs coming. Yeah. Uh, okay. So now you brought up an interesting point about the way to perceive Trump when it comes to his negotiating skills. And your, your basic thesis is that our perception of the president negotiating with the House and the Senate, and particularly the other party in the House and the Senate, is such that uh, we think that he's going around there trying to knock on doors and try to get a consensus, and, and now we'll pass this bill, right? Because after all, these are the, these, these are the power players. These are the people that vote yay or nay on, the, on this or that bill. Uh, but it turns out, according to Ari David's uh, thesis, that he's not negotiating with these people whatsoever. In fact, he's pretending to, but he's really negotiating with you. Yeah, he's very the, the voter. Eff- he's very effectively pretending to. Right. And that is a more negotiation. The bottom line is when you perceive his opening bids in negotiation with Congress, whether it's the GOP swampist elites or the Democrats, commies, we've constantly seen this pattern where his opening bids seem too low, too mild. Oh, if you just give me the wall, I'll give you DACA. If you just give me this, the Obamacare repeal, I'll give you that, some form of government intervention in health care. Uh, if you just give me this little tax cut, a business tax cut, I'll give you this spending or right, something. So how does he turn it around? Well, tell, it, uh, tell, the, tell me, for example... Uh, with DACA, uh, how, how does he turn that around and then use the, uh, you know, appealing to the negotiating with the voters, as you say? Well, that's my point. In, if you know Trump and you know the basic premise of over under always under uh, always under promise and always 
over-deliver massively on, on you know, a several-factor scale on both sides. You understand right. that if he's negotiating with Congress or the other party, he's not doing a very good job negotiating if if he's doing it this way. If you think that's and his main mission. If you think that's his mission and you think that's his MO and what he's actually doing. But it can't be because he's never coming to any agreement with them on their terms ever. He never gives them what they want well, ever he, on what, any of these issues. What you're saying is that he talks talks to the voters and he says this is what you what you want he convinces them that that x is what they want then those voters put pressure on uh, their congress no, what no 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 very different he said he he feigns he fakes that he's negotiating with congress right and fakes an underbid as his opening move the voters freak out and think oh crap if we get what we want we will have paid too much for it but what we have to understand is he's not negotiating with them. He's negotiating with us. The opening bid to us is to set our expectations in the toilet so right. that if the end result is not in the toilet, we're happy. Right. And then what happens is he always gets not what he wants, not what Congress wants, but what we want. Yeah. Okay? He says something like the Israeli embassy won't move to Jerusalem in three years. And you find out it's moving in six months. Right. You find out that, um, oh, darn, he didn't get Obamacare repealed. Then we find out they repealed the individual mandate. The guts of it are gone. It's gone. Right. It, that's, a, that's a very it, good point. Yeah, and, and then our expectation is set low, and then, like a good uh, person providing customer service, we are then delighted with the result, especially in the, in the, if you will, delta between our expectations and results. Yeah. So my point is the, the point uh, of how to decipher Trump when you see him do anything is to understand he's not negotiating with other government officials. He's negotiating with you. Right. Okay, good. Well, look, your point is well taken, and I, now I understand it too. Um, Obamacare is a very good example of what you're talking about, to, coupled with the tax reform, which was a beautiful checkmate that he uh, undertook. What he did, of course, was he couldn't fight Obamacare. He couldn't get it officially repealed. And instead, it repealed it through the new tax code, which they were all but willing to do. And so now they get to say, look, you, you know, Obama, uh, Trump basically got to tell them, look, you, you, you know, you win. You're not gonna re we're not going to repeal Obamacare. Uh, but you do pass this thing, and P.S., you better do it because uh, it's going to be uh, destroy the individual mandate. And, but you, nevertheless, you get to say that you fought him on the uh, on the Obamacare repeal. Good for you, Democrat, right? Yeah, and it gave John McCain that great out of being able to stand up to him and go, no, I will not vote for Obamacare repeal, which gave McCain enough political rope to hang his own career. Yes. Okay, so now... One of the things that uh, has been talked about is this gun control thing. So now, of course, a terrible uh, gun shooting in, my, uh, in Florida uh, with a school where 17 kids were, were killed. It was obviously very horrible, uh, perpetrated by a, another kid uh, with a semi-automatic rifle, and terrible things happened. Okay, so then, of course, it always opens up the whole gun control thing. And you and I get postings in Facebook saying, now will you be for common sense gun control? Now? As if somehow we're just waiting for that glorious, like there's some number above which we'll finally say, you know what? You got me. Totally understood. Now I see how wrong I was. Because, you know, only they have the right answers. 
Yeah, right. and uh, this is, of course, that's if you operate under the thesis that the common sense gun controls every one of them, just like immigration laws aren't already on the books right. and were just chosen not to That's be right. followed. That's exactly right. Co common sense. So, you know, so it, was, it sounds so nice. It's like Obamacare, right? Uh, the, the Affordable Care Act, right? Yes. Um, and, and all the other uh, dreamers, you know, who can, how can you fight a, a, a proposition called dreamers? Because everyone's dreaming. Everyone's entitled to dream. The same thing here with the gun control. So the common sense, and they, they ignore all the, the past laws. There's no... I mean, you you could you could literally have a, a law that bans not only all semi-automatics, not only all the what do you call it the the, the revolvers, bumper, no the bumper bump stock, stocks, bump stocks, the re, and then but also all revolvers and the little you know Magnum uh, you Saturday, know, night Saturday night specials, yeah. the lady handguns. You can you can get rid of all of them, ban every single one of them, and then surprise surprise, you'll still have these horrible shootings. And then they'll say, we need more gun control. We need well, more laws. Yeah, but, but we already gave you every single law possible. In fact, we shut down every single gun store. We also made it illegal to sell guns at every single gun show. You cannot possibly buy guns, legally at least, uh, you know, over the table. Under any circumstances. Yeah. Can, uh, well, yeah. And... Then, of course, horrifically, it'll still happen. These things will happen. We won't stop these people from doing it. And then they'll claim, we need more gun control, whatever that might mean, right? So you can confiscate every single gun, and it'll still happen, my friends. And in the meantime, what you've done is you've only robbed the people of their Second Amendment rights. And it's not a second, just a, a right, you know, like you have a right to a clean air or something like that. It's, it, it's not that. It's, it's the... It's a check and a balance against government oppression and tyranny. That's why we have the Second Amendment. And, and it's right after the First Amendment. I talked about the, a lot of this on the Sunday show. Yeah, it's, it's, its position should indicate some level of criticality. Right. It's not, it's not the 24th Amendment. It's, yeah, not, it's not like the 70th. In fact, it's not it's something that you say it as a, you know, a minor regulation in the federal docket or something like that. <laughs> right. This is the Second Amendment among the 10 very critical Bill of Rights. Thank you very much. Yeah, this isn't like a California water waster law. Right. Like, thou shalt not water a car, wash a car without right. a nozzle. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's serious business here. Yeah. Now, um, it gets to the point where we talk about how, I mean, you and I talk about it. Liberals are always talking about their solution as the only solution, right? The way to stop this is by banning guns, right? The way to um, improve the well-being, the economic well-being of the average Joe on the street is by imposing yeah. minimum wage. Or living and, wage. Uh, you yeah. know, give them. Right. The, yeah. the, and, the, and we can debate all day long about whether that living wage is $15 or $13 or $17 or $21. But the answer lies there. Okay, right. That and, is the answer. It, it is a set minimum wage. And likewise with gun control and likewise with abortion and likewise with dealing with race discrimination, the, the only way to deal with race discrimination is by giving uh, minorities a leg up, an unfair leg up. Yeah, the preferences. A preference yeah. of one kind or the other, whether it's in the university or at the workplace or for promotions or anything else. That is the answer. And now the question is, how much of it do we do, right? So only they have the solution. It's it's fascinating. Same thing with global warming, of course. The only answer to cleaning the environment and to the extent that it's even warming at all is uh, you know reducing your carbon footprint. 
Okay, never mind that. Of course, there are many other reasons why that's why it's happening, such as you know cows and and um, you know cow farts, as they say, or sunlight. You know, yeah, sunlight. Yeah, so small things like this, right? Yeah. And solar flares, and uh, it, it, it's so bizarre to me that and, and only their solution is the right solution. Uh, so solar energy, wind energy. But not nuclear energy. Thank you very much. That we, you know, that's not PC. So you know, that's not going to work. Even though that would work, of course. Never mind that they're glorious France, which is as liberal as they come. That they run on seventy percent nuclear energy. Anyway, you get the idea. It's it's all about their answer. They've always got the solution, and you need to come up and and finally admit to the solution. And it's as if as if we're saying, you know what, we're we're willing to live with these killings. That is the balancing act. I'm now doing the whole, the whole balancing act with the two hands now. As if, you know, the, the more you give people the right to have guns, the more you're going to have these shooting sprees. Yeah, the right? Second Amendment to protect us from, from government territory, tyranny has a price. Right. And that price that's is right. Johnny's going to get shot at school sooner right. or later. That's, that's, that's the way they view it. Yeah. When, when exactly the opposite is the case, right? The answer to fighting these uh, to, to stopping these killing sprees, or at least minimizing the effect of these sprees. In other words, uh, this horrible thing, instead of 17 people being killed, uh, you know, of course it would have been better if it was only two people killed, as much as those two lives would matter, of course. But uh, two would be a lot better than 17, and 17 is a lot better than 170, and so on. But that's the answer for them. They always have that answer. And, and we say, no, you, you actually would have a much better world without all this crime if you just gave guns to good people. Yeah. Now, you and I, Ari, we know each other from way back now. We, we have since happened to be in the same school. We are fathers in the same school and a very good school uh, in West Los Angeles. Yeah, and, and I send my kids there for only one reason. Yes, and you're I know. To I'm about it. to talk about it. This is a fairly liberal school. It's not the most liberal school in, in West L.A. Yeah, but it's liberal enough. But it's liberal it's enough. It's a West it, L.A. school. Yeah. It's as liberal as right. you'd expect. But guess what? It's a Jewish school, and surprise, surprise, they understand that they are a, t- a possible target. And they would be really irresponsible and criminally liable and negligent if they did not take measures to ensure the safety of their kids, knowing that as a Jewish school, we are a target. For terrorists and otherwise. So, guess what? They have armed men, and a lot of them. <laughs> and, and we have security cameras up the wazoo. We've got big walls everywhere. We've got uh, wires on top of those walls. We've got video cameras. I am very pleased with the state of security in our school. Yeah, and I want to say one quick thing. The, the armed guards are my favorite thing about it. But if there weren't armed guards at that school... Every other security measure taken by the school chips away at the chances of a successful attack as well. Right. Limited access, high impenetrable walls, walls if you try to leap them and you're a man, you will be mutilated in a way that will make you not a man. Right. Security up the wazoo, early warning systems, panic rooms, etc., etc., etc. The armed gun, the, the, the armed um, uh, security guard is not... As conservatives, we're not saying that's the only solution. In fact, one armed guard in a school with 3,000 students and multiple access ways is useless. Right. 
Okay? Right. It's, we're not making the only the firearms are the solution here. It's an, uh, they say, in, in certain parts of the world on certain issues, it's an all-of-the-above solution. Right. If you have easy access, it doesn't matter if you have an armed guard. Well, this is the BS of the liberal movement, right? Because at the end of the day, when they really want a solution, when they want something that works, they actually get to the right answer. Right, so and, and I'll give another example of this very shortly, but because I love this next one, I'm about, about to tell you. So, when you are responsible for the lives and the safety of hundreds of kids, okay, <laughs> you come quickly to the right answer. You know, and, and especially when it's a Jewish school or any school that would otherwise be targeted merely because of their identity. A yeah, way. in a large city with in a, a lot city. of a lot of access, yeah. right? You, you, you ain't playing the touchy feely game. You ain't saying let's ru- you know duck and cover and no, let's learn all how to the do philosoph- that. The, all the philosoph- philosophical BS right. about touchy feely boys and girls are the same ends at the security gate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're all men, by the way. <laughs> big you know, ones. Big guys that know what they're doing. They're very well trained, and you don't want to mess with them. Yeah, and they're twitchy. They're they're <laughs> you can tell they are fast on the trigger. They would shoot first and ask questions later, and that's the way I like them. The, the only thing I think has greater security is the president himself, right, with the security guards surrounding him as in, in every moment of time. And this is the way it, it has to work. This is the way it does work. You want to stop the president from being shot, you have security guards around him. And not, not just when he's walking, but also in the motorcades and in the helicopters and wherever he lands. And, you know, we understand that works, right? And we also understand if you're a, a rich man in, uh, in Beverly Hills or wherever you might be, you're going to have uh, armed guards there too, right? And, and you can, you're yeah. going to have a, a security fence. It's going to be electrified. It's not going to be uh, some, somehow we expect people not to have guns. And we, we, we will vote very aggressively not to have any guns. Can but- I tell you the biggest irony of them all? There's a Whole Foods market, a flagship level Whole Foods at the corner of Venice, at the corner of Rose Avenue and Lincoln Boulevard in Venice. It is hippies galore. It is the most left wing of the left wing supermarkets. Right. Guess what? Armed guards up the wazoo with guns at Whole Foods Market. Yeah. The liberal believes his organic produce. Yeah. And and grass fed meat. Deserves more protection well, than children in schools. Yeah. And, and, and we were talking about this before. I mean, it's, it's kind of an obvious thing where if you go to Google, the, the headquarters in, uh, in Silicon Valley, you will find armed guards. You will have uh, all sorts of um, security measures up the wazoo as well. Likewise at Apple. Likewise at any of these uh, in Las Vegas, for that matter. You're going to have men with guns. You know why? Because it works. It's a deterrent for one thing, and that, you know, God forbid an actual attack happens of some kind or another. You can minimize it with guys who are ready to fight the bad guys. Yeah, two two things. You can minimize it, number one. And number two, Ronald Reagan was right. Peace through strength. The power of armaments is a deterrence in and of itself in that it tells the wrongdoer, you know what? You might want to pick a different place. Right. That's right. 
And you know what that school in Parkland, Florida had? A big welcome wagon sign for anyone who wanted to engage in horrible mayhem. Yeah, unfortunately. I also want to make one more point, which is so interesting in comparison. The same people who constantly make the argument that we have to ban all the guns, well, if only we got rid of the Second Amendment, you know, all the points you made about firearms. Isn't it ironic that those are the same people who constantly tell you that drug laws don't work, that the war on drugs don't work? And by the way, I agree with them. Okay, it's it's nearly impossible. I know we've so, said this before, and I'm not talking about changing laws. I'm just saying it indicates how difficult it is putting laws on a piece of paper to get them to be followed when you require everyone to comply in a big society. They they themselves will say that we must legalize drugs precisely for what you said. It's a reality on the ground. You're not going to be able to change it, and so let's legalize it. And you know what? We can tax it too. Isn't that fun? Like, like yeah. somehow, that's, isn't that great? And then we can regulate it, and, and everything will be hunky-dory. But when it comes to guns, somehow they have this fantasy. Yeah, magically, can, government regulations yes. work perfectly. Yeah, and, right? and, and funny, funny enough that the guns that they're concerned about, and we're all concerned about, of course, uh, are coming through the same border. That the drugs are coming through. Right. So if they ban the guns, they would just come in with the drugs because they're already coming in with the drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow, you know, they're very selective about uh, their their realism, as it were. Yeah. Okay. So here's another example. I told you I was going to have another example of where the logic of the liberals, it it always confounds me. I mean, I guess there's no logic that that ever makes sense with them. But that's another story. So global warming, we talked, we touched upon that very briefly. And this is not my um, realization, so I want to give credit to, to where it's due. I forget who said it, but I'm just simply saying it's not my idea. But I want to report it because it's so friggin' right on. Okay, if you believe in global warming and you say, you know what, uh, the whole world understands this and it's going to be real. Yeah, consensus. Consensus. Yeah. Okay. I put it to you. That not even our own government believes it. Not, not even for a minute. You know why? <laughs> because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mae and all those government mortgage-backed uh, industries, right? Uh, they are not. They, they are still financing and refinancing properties in Florida yeah, and all the lowland areas. Yeah, oceanfront land. Right. Yeah. yeah. They, they did the same thing. And but these are thirty-year mortgages, right? Yeah. You would think. With that if 10 they, years of flood, yeah. Yeah, they would believe, <laughs> if they believe that in 30 years' time, which is, you know, terrible things are going to happen, I ain't going to lend you nothing, buddy, right? Right. It's a, it's a total farce. What a bunch of crap. Yeah, and your point that's so powerful is Bank of America. By the way, I wish it were my point, but it's, no, it's, it's an obvious no, point now that I think about it. what you just said yeah. is Bank of America, Home Savings Loan, Goldman Sachs, you know, any investment bank can loan money to whoever. Yeah. Right? And they, and they call it adequate risk, balanced right. out by other investments. Okay, fine. Right. But if the government-backed securities, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, are saying, have access to government data – and government works so well that one hand washes the other and is aware of right. where the soap is. Right. You think they talk, right? And, and the NOAA, you know, National Oceanic Atmospheric Agency, would tell Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, cancel all those oceanfront lands, right? Yeah, you know, you, you, you demand uh, an acceleration of the debt because it's a it's a force majeure, an, an act of God that yeah. we are now dealing with this, which is technically speaking, according to them, not even an act of God; it's an act of man. But that's another story, right? And also, Look, wait, 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 insurance wait, wait. underwriters, same thing, oh, right? Hold on. So I'll get there. But the point is that not only does the government not believe it, 
But as you and I know, we, we believe that private enterprise has far more access to meaningful information. They are more, much more profit-driven, and therefore they're not going to fool around with a bunch of you know, policy BS, right? Yeah. So, but but Bank of America, Wells Fargo, all those guys, they're lending money up the wazoo. No, no one ever says, you know, well, and now let's, uh, I have to bump up uh, another percent of interest because of, you know, global warming, right? They, they don't say that. They, and not in Florida, not anywhere throughout the entire world for that matter. And you know what? I bet you that even in Holland, which is very low, um, uh, what do you call low it? Low lying. Low lying yeah. by, by definition, right? Yeah, below sea level. They don't, they don't uh, change anything there. Yeah, I mean they're not. Now look, Louisiana is a different story because there's a there's a hurricane and it's always breaching and there's it's flooding, but that's not because of global warming. So they know that there's there's access to flooding there. There's a possibility of flooding in the ordinary course, but that's like saying you know I, I'm going to insure your uh, property uh, for fire, but you know you you live in a fire zone, and I'm gonna. I'm going to up the premiums a little bit because, you know, frankly, it's more likely that your your house will catch fire than somebody, uh, let's say, right here in in, in Westwood. Yeah, marshland's different. You know, with Louisiana being, it can't decide whether it's water or land. You're a real estate attorney. That's one of your disciplines. So you're well aware of the cliche, uh, you know, ripoff of the uh, unscrupulous, um, you know, uh, developer selling land to uh, an unsuspecting buyer that's in a marsh. Right. 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 That's what that is. That's not global warming. That's right. It's it's exactly. (laughs) That's just bad real estate. So the point is that not just the government, not but but also the the insurance agencies. Yes. Everything that you say, and 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 what I'm saying, and, and along with private industry, not one of them is changing their underwriting whatsoever. Yeah, the only thing they change is the marketing literature and what their t- television commercials say. But there's nothing in a television commercial that's binding, mind you. Of course, no. Right? They, they say that they're very sympathetic and they want to fight global warming. Yeah. But they have no interest in actually acting as if global warming is happening. Yes. Which, it, it's just <laughs> such a fraud. I mean, it's so funny. Yeah, I, love I, it. Want... I love it. You know, it, the, the point is, the point yeah. is, and so, and this man used this phrase. So I want, again, I want to give him the credit for it. He said, "Man's activity on the planet, vis-a-vis the whole climate, is but a fart in the wind." Okay, <laughs> right? And a very strong wind at that. Okay? And a very weak fart. Right? Yes. I, 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 you know, I'm not a crass guy. Okay, but. No, but sometimes an analogy sometimes is an analogy. It's a perfect analogy, yeah. unfortunately. And, and literally because we talked about cow farts before. That, that's really where the so-called um, uh, global warming is actually coming from, as it were. I mean, if you, if you actually believe this crap, there's far more of carbon emissions coming from the methane of these cows than anything that these, these cars can do. Yeah, especially in aggregate with, say, deforestation, clear-cutting, you know, forest land and rainforest yeah, and jungle but even, even that grazing. is but a fart in the wind. Yeah. That's the, that's the I mean, I, so, so it all kind of dovetails together. It all comes together. And I, I was thinking about going and saying, saying a burp in the wind, but that's not really the same No, thing. no, yeah. People yeah, understand. Sometimes people need the smack. Yeah. And, and that's the smack. And it's funny because I, I once uh, – I have little breakthroughs with liberals from time to time. And some of them I've mentioned on this uh, this podcast before. One I don't think I've mentioned was I was friends – I'm friends with this girl who's a liberal. And she's one of those people you could tell is, if you will, in transition, right? The good kind of transition. <laughs> yeah. The right direction. Yeah. And, um, you know, from wrongest to rightest. And uh, I was talking to her about the stock market. And, uh, you know, she didn't know about the stock market. I'm happy to say, you know, the best investment over time is, you know, year over year, decade after decade, is stock market, you know, stocks. And um, and 
then the conversation kind of got political in the vein of what you're talking about, which is, uh, well, if these companies really believed X, Y, Z, wouldn't their behavior change considering trillions of dollars of capital is on the line here? And we were not talking about that particular issue, but I said, what's very interesting is you can get your news from all your liberal sources, whatever, but if you look at the stock market, you can tell what's really going on because the way corporations and investors act is on much clearer information because so much is then on the line. It's not whether you believe in the woman's right to choose or the right to life on, say, the abortion issue, right? When you see vast movements of, of capital in different directions. And that's a perfect example of it. And it, it backs up what I told her, which is watch what you watch. If you want to watch CNN, fine, but also watch the stock market right. and hedge the bets and split the difference. And yeah. she, uh, sort of a light went off in her hand. She went, oh, I'm starting to get this now. And, well, and what you said just solidifies that's it. That's right. That's right. Well, a very good example of CNN versus reality uh, is <laughs> is what happened with the uh, 2016. Yeah. Speaking uh, of drugs, right? right exactly right. <laughs> The, the 2016 uh, polls, the, the, all the polling uh, that suggested that Hillary was going to win the, the 2016 presidential election, and they were going over to Texas to expand the electoral map and everything else, and everything uh, really told us something else, a very different story. The, the facts on the ground were very, very different. And uh, or like Dennis Prager sometimes said, he, he sometimes they they are telling you there's going to be this massive storm, and he's looking out the window, and in fact there is a massive storm right now. And he's looking out the window, and it's not raining. It's not even raining, let alone a massive storm. And sometimes you just, as Bob Dylan says, you don't need a weatherman to tell which way the wind blows, right? I mean, it's a it's a very good line from one of his songs, one of the only good lines from his songs. But but I digress. You need to look at information. It's it's really that simple. You need to do the homework. Don't let CNN boss you around and tell you, a what the issues are. And then B, tell you how to think about those issues. That's, and, and yet they'll tell you, the, the liberals, they'll tell you all day long that uh, you're not watching enough. And, and you're, you are only, what is it, the, um, the salience factor. And, then, and you're only considering your own stuff, right? When in fact, they are wildly doing exactly that. They, have, they don't watch Fox News. They claim to watch Fox News. They claim it. They, they, they watch it like for two seconds, maybe a minute if, if we're lucky. And then they just get sick of, uh, in the old days, of Bill O'Reilly and now, let's say, Sean Hannity. And they turn it off. They want to go back. Yeah, they, and then, now they, then they claim, I've seen Fox News. And then they get to tell their friends, I watch Fox News. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I watch them all. Yeah, that, that golden spike to the brain of information gets uncomfortable after about 90 seconds. Yeah. They have to switch. Yeah, they, they, they don't they want it. But they can say, well, uh, I saw it. But don't, but don't, if you're a liberal, don't you uh, have some sort of cognitive dissonance when you realize that all the Fox polling was far more accurate than any of the CNN polling, right? I mean, talk about news that you can trust. Yeah, news that you could have used. Right. It's, it's exactly right. Information so, that you could have set your expectations to, back to Trump's negotiating, right? Yeah. So that you wouldn't have had a, a, a complete conniption that election yeah, night. That's right. Uh, 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 I'm crying. I can't believe she lost. I was with her. Right. Maybe if you had seen a little bit of Fox and saw what was really going on, you would have gone, oh, okay. I'm not I, I happy better, about it, but uh, yeah. okay. I better brace myself for this yeah. possible loss. Yeah, exactly right. But they went crazy. I mean, and... You know, I predicted it. I, I think you predicted. I didn't. You did I, not? Okay. I was not sure at that time. But I had I had reason to believe 
either was a possibility. Uh, look, on the, on the, on the, know, reasonable. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, yeah. Hillary could have won. I understand that. But uh, yeah, what I, you said, to your credit, because, you, you know, you let's, let's just admit it. When we're in this business of top podcast and radio, right. the best thing is when someone goes, you were right. And you were right. Because you used to say, and it's not that I didn't believe you, but I didn't trust the fullness, the totality of that piece of information, which was you said the size of his rallies was mattering. That's and right. I had I knew that was an indication of critical mass from a popular movement coming, but I wasn't sure of the totality of it because being in L.A. where we live, I was part of the Tea Party movement in 2009, 2010, and we had huge crowds at our Tea Party movements right. before the IRS ruined it, right? Right, right. But I knew it was not the kind of thing that could actually win an election necessarily in these districts for various other circumstances. Right. Hence, crowd size isn't always an indicator. But when you combine crowd size with smaller populations of cities in these Midwestern states combined with Hillary treating the flyover bumpkins like the flyover bumpkins she thought they were with no respect. Like, uh, I mean, the other day on Face the Nation, you know these random, act of journali- ra- random acts of journalism, as Rush Limbaugh calls, calls them, that occasionally happen, which are hilarious. The host of CBS's Face the Nation has John Podesta on. And he says to him, how did the Russians know to go to Wisconsin, but Hillary didn't? <laughs> That's true. It's a, and, it's a, great, it's a great, right. great question. And you can never really underestimate funny. the laziness of a Clinton. Yeah. Okay, okay. And I did not factor that into consideration. And I was, after eight years of Obama, I was convinced the American people were too stupid not to vote. Well, look, I listed eight factors. I, I'm not going to repeat them now, but I listed eight factors, all of which went in Trump's favor. Every single one. It, she would have to win at least four of those to, to actually have a hope of, of a meaningful win. And that, that, that was so important, Ari, I got to tell you. It, and every single one clearly tilted in favor of Trump at the time. So when I saw that and I saw all the Facebook postings from my liberal friends and they were so sure about it and expanding the Electoral College, and I, I just thought it was so weird. But you guys are really uh, reaching out here. It's... it's it was just a, a stupid mistake, and it's done. It's mistakes are made militarily, also. I mean, people do uh, stupid reaches. Yeah, they try to take Russia in the winter. Right, right, right. I mean, well, not just <laughs> several times, not just in the winter, one. but the fact that he even tried to push, you know, to get Russia at all. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's it, a lot of territory to occupy. Well, I mean, it was a brilliant move. I mean, a very devilish way, of course, for him to have a non-aggression treaty with Russia. Russia was honoring it at the time. And he didn't want to. He didn't want a second front. Why would he want a second front? He would. He was. He could have devoted all of his resources toward the West, but of course, you know, dictators end up not being very rational at Excuse the end of the me. day. Leftists wind up not being <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, you got me there. That's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the point about the the Trump election night and how wrong CNN was is you were right. You had all the information. We we're giving it away for free to the liberals. To back to the the initial point about Trump about hedging their expectations yeah. so they could have gotten a grip. Uh, of themselves the night things don't go their way. Also, you know, this unreality, and this dovetails both to the Florida shooting, to the elections, everything. How is it that a liberal can go through life with these expectations of things political and never expect to lose? Right. Ever. Right. And I know sometimes get their way legislatively. Uh, you know, California just passed another stupid law. Oh, oh, it's uh, it's Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> yeah, duh. But does that really mean it's going to do anything? Yeah. 
Well, that, uh, that, they pass more water restrictions. I mean, I'm not going to water my lawn. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, that's all past. I want to I want to turn back to uh, gun control because it's such an important issue today. But it's also reflective of the liberal mindset, right? Uh, you know, I've done some research on this, and and it it didn't take a lot of digging. That that's the beauty of this, and also the thing that angers me so much about it. That you know who else wanted uh, gun control, very serious gun control? I think your friend that you were talking about a minute ago. <laughs> uh, my friend, I don't know if it's a friend, but his name was Adolf Hitler. Yeah, the guy the, who was the, thought the about Nazis, yeah. Russia, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, uh, the Nazis loved gun control. In fact, uh, to be fair to Adolf Hitler, if you want me to be fair, all dictators love gun control. Why would they ever want their population to be armed to the hilt? Uh, or even partially armed, even with a, just a revolver, that's the last thing a dictator wants, right? So the communists wanted gun control, the fascists wanted gun control, and they were very aggressive about it. I wouldn't say wanted. They got they got it. control. They got it. And, and that allowed them to engage in Kristallnacht. By the time the Kristallnacht rolled around, which is the night of the broken glass, uh, the, the Jews were truly defenseless. If you saw the movie, Ari, and I'm sure you did, uh, Schindler's List, right? There are, there are more than a couple of scenes where you see these roving gangs of Nazi and Gestapo soldiers going through the Warsaw Ghetto and just, just blasting everyone in sight. Every Jew that they see, and it's like a game for them. that They're playing, and playing, one guy is even playing the piano while they're shooting it. They have no concern whatsoever about somebody coming at them with a gun because they've gotten rid of all the guns. Uh, so it's not as if they, they're even afraid uh, these things. They're just going in and getting rid of these Jews and killing them one at a time. That's, and, and, and that's how, and not, I'm not saying that the liberals want to go kill all the conservatives or anyone who's against them. Are you kidding? Of course they do. They <laughs> yeah. say it. Oh, hold on. No, hold they on. do. They say it. Stop. Stop. That's not the point. The point is, I'm talking about control. And everyone who wants gun control, they speak in the language of compassion and saving the children and so forth. When in fact, that's not at all what the real game plan is. The real game plan is control. To get rid of this silly, antiquated notion of the Second Amendment and that people have the right to bear arms and that they have the right to protect themselves against tyranny from the government. That's the number one issue. And, and yet they, they will look at this gun control thing and they present it only as a compassion play. Now is the time for gun control. Okay, now Hitler said the same thing. Exactly the same thing. Yeah, and the Cambodians said the same thing. Yeah, said the same thing. You think that you know? I always ask the question of liberals: Would you like your country more like Hong Kong or more like North Korea? Yeah. Now, what's the difference? Yeah. Now, why would you make political decisions that are anything in the direction of North Korea yep. if you have the choice to make things more like Hong Kong? And why? I, and, and, and I say this about atheism as well. Yeah. When when uh, Hitler espoused all these horrific things about God. Like, listen, the things you are saying are things that Hitler himself said and Stalin said. That doesn't mean, I mean, presumably, you know, Stalin said the word the in Russian yeah, once upon a time. He, but, but yeah. and you said the word the, but that doesn't, you know, make you the same as Stalin. But your ideas are the same, and that's a problem. That's when you want to back away and really rethink your ideology, whether that's in the atheist realm or in the gun control realm, or in the regulation realm. Because guess what? They, we've tried it before. His, there's nothing new under the sea, as they say in Ecclesiastes, right? Nothing, no, nothing new under the sun. Um, and, it, and that's true. 
It's all been tried before, my friends. Whatever great idea you think that you have in your head, whether it's minimum wage or gun control or, or anything gay else, marriage. gay marriage, yeah. it's been tried before. And guess what? It has failed every single time before. Yeah, and I would also say two points. Real quickly, based on what you just said about the example of the Warsaw Ghetto, nothing bothers me more than pro-gun control Jews. Yeah. That... I don't, I don't get it. You're absolutely right. It infuriates me beyond all. Of all people, of all people, people to be actively in favor of gun control, the the best I can say for you is that you have no understanding of history. And and we know that many on the left have no understanding of history. So you can just treat them as ignorami. Fair enough. But most Jews do understand about the Holocaust. And certainly Jews that are older than 30, even older than 20. They know about the Holocaust. They're taught about it in their schools. We know that in our school, a Jewish school, they teach about the Holocaust. And you, you, have, you are reckless, irresponsible if you believe and you push for gun control, knowing damn well what happened at the Holocaust, knowing damn well that if the Jews had even one small pistol for each family, they would have a much better shot at avoiding the mayhem and horrors of the Holocaust. Yeah, and in fact, the Warsaw Ghetto, I'm glad you mentioned it, is a perfect example because few Jews with few weapons for six weeks held off the entire German army with a few guns, just a few. Mark Levin says, imagine what the Senate would be like with 20 Ted Cruz's and Mike Lee's instead of just two. Yeah. Imagine what the yeah. Jews would have been with thousands of guns, not 20. Yeah. Okay? So it, that's why it's important. I want to make one more point, though. And this is so important because, I, you know, the thing I said about tr- understanding Trump's negotiation, a schematic, if you will, was eye-opening to me. I've come to a new understanding about the Second Amendment. And, you know, as we've talked before, I think about it a lot. I've come to the understanding that all the efforts to undermine, curtail, and eventually to abolish the Second Amendment are not have very little to do with guns and the Second Amendment itself. It's designed to eradicate the First Amendment. That's the goal. Because the Second Amendment protects the first. Well, I, flat out, I, of course, and it's and all the attacks recently on the First Amendment, whether it's the bakers and the florists and the gay marriage issue, whether it's the speech codes on campus, indicate that we're under a direct assault by the left, by the wrong, by the wrongest on the left, right. for First Amendment of rights. Course, and, and the Second they, Amendment, they, they look as a speed bump on the way to that That's destination. Right. And if you if you engage in hate speech, they'll pull guns on you and eventually cart you away because it's hate speech. They decided it's hate speech. Look, we, we, we said before that not even the government believes in global warming, right? And we gave examples of that because of the insurance the insurance uh, markets, which are so heavily regulated by the government. Then they have Fannie and Freddie Mac, uh, Fannie May and, and Freddie, Freddie Mac, uh, which are so intertwined with the government. They don't make any exceptions for or, or anticipation for global warming. They don't believe in their own crap, right? And then we know also, and we, we made an example of how even the government doesn't believe in gun control because they have guns surrounding Trump all the time. Well, by golly, you know, if we need to protect the president. We need to protect a lot of the senators. Nancy Pelosi has guns around her. 
Yeah, right? the lo- our mayor in L.A. does. Our the mayor does. That's right. In their chambers, and, and the guns. liberals, even George Soros, doesn't doesn't uh, even believe in gun control because he's got uh, people up at the wazoo all, and fences and everything is securitizing his place. They don't even believe in illegal uh, in opening up the borders because you know, and they they don't even believe their own rhetoric about not building a wall because they have walls everywhere else, right? In their own estates, around the White House and otherwise. Okay. So that's another thing. And even Obama himself doesn't believe in gun control. You know when? You, you, you know when it was so, so clear to me? He said, that's like bringing a knife to a gunfight. Remember that? He said it. Or he said, I'd rather bring a gun to a knife fight, right? So he understands that, that you, you have to respond to guns with guns, right? You have to even the playing field. And until the day that there's some big magnet that not only picks up every single gun that has ever been made in America, not just in America, but in Mexico and South America and everywhere else in the world to prevent it from being shipped anywhere. Until that day comes, and until the day that we also forget all the technology to remake with a 3D printing machine uh, guns in their own right, uh, until that day comes, we will still have guns, and we still need to respond to guns with guns. And for those conservatives among you who have been kind of dalliancing with the uh, the notion of a gun control. Of common sense gun of control. Of common sense gun control. Yeah. Remember this. Ronald Reagan was told, you need to reduce your nuclear weapons, right? And this fantasy that you could just get rid of your... Everyone gets rid of their nuclear weapons and we're all good, right? And that's the way it's done. And of course, Reagan knew that that was garbage. Reagan knew that he can't trust dictators with nuclear weapons. He, he knew that he can't trust them to, to keep them out in the open. Look at Iran, for example, right now. So he said, F that. I'm going to build up my nuclear arsenal. I'm going to outspend you. And so it made sense. So conservatives understand that Ronald Reagan, our, our, our great hero, and now Donald Trump, who's, who's fast approaching Reagan territory, um, you need to understand that guns are necessary. Guns save lives. They don't hurt lives. They, they, guns protect lives. As long as you give them to good people who protect themselves and protect other innocent people, you'll be okay. That's why, uh, that's why countries like Switzerland and Israel have such low rates of these shooting sprees. You know that in Switzerland, there hasn't been a shooting spree since, I think, the year 2001. Hmm. Must be because every family is required to have a gun in the house. Right, exactly. It, it might be that. And, yeah. and likewise in Israel, same thing. You have some terrorist things, that, but that's not, not, nothing to do with uh, shooting sprees, right? You don't have that kind of civilian shooting spree, some madman going into a... Th- then they say to you, and I, t- I talked about this on my Sunday show, well, it's a cultural thing. And I think, whoa, 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 whoa. You just said that cultures are different. I thought you said that they're all the same. And so... How can one culture be better than the other? Liberal. Right. And we've been talking about cultures are different. That's true. But you're saying it now? And and by the way, we said, when when you pointed out that somehow Japan has a healthcare system that works, which, by the way, doesn't work so well, but let's, let's pretend it works. We said, well, that's cultural, right? That's different. They have a whole dynamic that, that's in play that doesn't seem to be in play here in America. And then they said they, they ignored that, right? But when it comes to gun control, and we point out to them that the two countries that have a lot of guns, that they don't have these shooting sprees, they, they, can't, they can't respond. 
Well, it it's, also it also opens them up for a massive attack. Yeah. Nuclear response, logic-wise, well, exactly which right. is this. So are you saying the culture of America before the 1960s was better? Yeah, that's right. Are you saying that perhaps prayer in school, fathers in the home, the elevation of the male and the female? Right. The, and, and the distinction, and the between, distinction the between the two. Yep. The idea that boys need to act responsibly to protect the women, the and reco- children. The recognition of evil and so many other distinctions that we we talk about so often. Yeah, well, yeah it's exactly right. I Were mean, all good things that prevented or had something to do with lessening the massive crime sprees we're under? Are you saying that, liberals? That's exactly what they're saying. They're, the liberal philosophical city is now in ashes. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it, it, trying to trying to figure logic in the liberal mindset, you know, when, when everything that they advocate has already been adopted and in a city called Detroit, for example, and Washington, D.C. Or today in Los Angeles. And, and all the gun control uh, laws that, that uh, flow freely from Washington, D.C. and Chicago, for example. And then you have all the, 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 the madness that flow from those cities. Yeah, and Baltimore. And Baltimore. Yeah. Um, and then you expect them... To somehow see reason, it's, I mean, I, it's really hard. It's hard for me to understand the, the, the logic in the liberal mindset. Because I used to be liberal, you know, as, as you used to be, even a communist, no less. But you came, to, came out of it because of pure logical reasoning and just good common sense at the end of the day. And here we are, you know, and we're wondering why the, the other, the, the, the lefties aren't seeing the same thing. And it's even more stark than it ever was before. Yeah, it's a much easier to learn now. And and I say to myself, the lesson was not hard to learn for me, and I'm not very smart. Well, what's t- you're better educated. You've had more knowledge. There's more known now. You have these phones. You can look up anything. Yeah. Well, we how live, are you not getting this? We live in the information age where no one's actually processing the information and figure, figuring out the patterns of history. That's the last thing they want to do. Listen, I... I, I I love this particular podcast, but it talks about how they, they, they don't even believe what they claim. They, they, don't, they don't peddle their own BS, right? And so if you understand that, whether it's global warming, whether it's minimum wage, whether it's, whether it's, it's the affirmative action, whether it's illegal immigration, and of course, gun control, they, they don't even believe it themselves. And you need to understand that. And I think we've shown you time and time again throughout this podcast and previous podcasts that they don't believe it. Why should you? I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week. 